know, God has blessed the First Baptist Church with many great missionaries. I believe we support right at 38 missionaries. But tonight we have one of the cream of the crop. Uh, missionaries that we love, and, and my wife and I went out to see the work several years back and got to see what God's doing in Spain through Alex and Mara Gonzalez. And uh, we realized as a church we've been supporting them right at 30 years, even though he's been in the ministry about 45 years. But uh, just a tremendous uh, man of God, and we, we uh, interesting, even though we could not speak the language when we went over there, we still felt at home. We still felt like it was the church we have here, though the, the language is different. So uh, a man who's like-minded, who's been standing for the faith, preaching the word faithfully, and uh, so what a joy it is to have you all with us. And so, brother, I'm going to turn it over to you, and it's all yours, and I get to sit out here with the rest of them. <laughs> God bless you for coming, brother. Uh, good evening. God bless you all. What a great privilege and opportunity for us to be here with you tonight. And um, uh, we usually, let me make sure I put the chrono so I don't forget. Um, we, uh, we usually come, Myra, my wife, uh, and I, but today we have some, uh, uh, we, we, we're blessed to have our daughter and her husband here with us, and their children already went to the class uh, Maida, will you stand up, please? That's my wife. That's, uh, she gets 50% of their reward of any missionary work we did, okay? Because she has been there. Um, uh, we have been there together for 45 years uh, in Spain. And I want my daughter and her husband, Tobias uh, Chariz. Will you stand up and, and Tobias? Uh, when Chariz heard that we were coming to Lano Lake, um, she said, Dad, you know, I, I remember going to Leno Lakes when I was a little girl. Uh, now that I have grown up, I want to go back and visit. And uh, it was uh, her heart and her um, initiative to come. And, and Shadis, I, I might surprise you, but I want you to come here and say a word. Okay, come, come. Um, I always say that my wife is a better preacher than, than myself, but she's a better preacher than my wife. I, I just want to say thank you so much for having us and that I have felt at home every time I've come and I have such a special place in my heart, such special memories of coming, growing up and seeing your lovely faces, you know, year after year. And I'm just so touched. I feel the love of, of Christ. I feel the love of the Lord here. And I know that in heaven, we will all get to rejoice, and you will, you will get to see the fruit of your labor. And I thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your friendship over the years. Thank you so much for supporting my parents. They're not perfect. I know them well, but they have, they have really... <laughs> they have run the race. They have, um, they have taught me everything I know about about the Lord, the love of the love for the Lord that they have instilled in me. I have seen them, you know, through thick and thin, and always with such joy. It's true that there are a lot of tears in when it comes to sowing the word. There are so many tears, but they always saw the the fruit. They always saw the joy. And so I'm so thankful. 
uh, for my parents. And, and I always felt that I was a part of the team and I wanted to stay. I just turned 40 and I, I stayed with them all my life until I got married because I wanted to be a part of the team and I wanted to work alongside my parents because it was the highest honor that I had. And now um, another very high calling, raising our children. And so the Lord is giving me grace for that every day. <laughs> so thank you so much for your prayers and your friendship and your faithful support through the years. We love you so much. Thank you. Well, uh, yes, um, th that, that was something good that, that you have reminded us, uh, uh, Charis. Uh, when, uh, when college time came for, uh, uh, for, for uh, Charis, uh, she said, no, I, won't, I will not go back to the States. I will not go to any university someplace else. I want to stay in Madrid and be part of the team. So she went to the university there. She graduated. Uh, she was a very good student. And, uh, and, and you know, we said, Charisse, uh, we, we, we really want you to be in the team. And, and we really want you to be home until you get married. And, uh, and she was faithful to all that and to other things, other commitments. That, you know, fathers ask a lot of things, Pastor, of their daughters uh, and sons and sons. So um, Charissa has been part of the team. And then when she got married, we added another person to the team, Tobias. And, and she has been, uh, he has been uh, a great help and encouragement uh, for us. And, and he has been supporting the work, too. Um, I, I want to say thank you, especially about the uh, Christmas in October love offering that you have sent uh, to us. Um, in the ministry, uh, th there's a lot of pressure. There's uh, a lot of uh, attack from Satan all the time. Even though we concentrate on the blessings and on the fruit uh, and the joy of serving the Lord. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Um, uh, so we keep that in mind. Uh, but uh, we have used that love offering to take a break. Uh, when we get uh, this special gift, we try to get three or four days, and we go out of the city, uh, and, and we breathe uh, a different air, uh, and we rest. And your love offering has been a great blessing uh, to us. And, and we have no words of thanking you, uh, Pastor and, and your wife, uh, Denise, and we have no words in saying thank you to you for all your loving and faithful support. Not one year, not one month, not two years, not five years, but so many years. I think it's over 30 years, uh, I don't know, 35 years that you have been supporting us. And we have not been able to serve the Lord. We would not have been able to see many people receive Christ. We have not been able to see many people baptized if it was not by your loving and faithful support. So we have no words, uh, but my wife, Myra, and I w want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and, you know, she will get 50% of their reward, and I will get 50, uh, but you will get a lot of reward too, because we have been a team, okay? Uh, you have been uh, the team uh, supporting us, and, and the Lord will reward you greatly, and we want to thank you uh, for all your support. Usually, when, when we come here, I, I give the uh, missionary report at the beginning and show some slides, 
But today, I'm going to share the word based on the reading today. And, uh, and then at the end, uh, I'll share some slides and some report. Okay, so we'll do it different uh, this time today. Thank you for reading that powerful chapter in Joshua chapter 1. There are three things that I see in this chapter. Number one, the purpose of God for Joshua. God had a purpose for uh, Moses, and that was to take the, uh, the children of Israel, uh, of Israel out of Egypt. God had a purpose for David to be the king of Israel. And God had a purpose for Joshua to uh, lead the armies of Israel into possessing the land. That was God's purpose for him. See, God has a calendar for the ages. And in that calendar, God is doing great and mighty things to show his power, his love, with the purpose of, of seeing as many people saved as possible. Like, like First uh, Timothy says, that God's desire is that all men shall be saved. Okay? So God ha has a calendar. And he used Moses to do part of that calendar. And then he used Joshua to do part of that calendar. And what I see in this chapter, uh, in verses 1 through 6, is that God wanted Joshua to go in, to cross the Jordan River, and go in and possess the land. God made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob uh, centuries ago. And now God is going to fulfill that promise to the children of Israel. God is faithful. Even though uh, Abraham is dead, Isaac uh, and Jacob, uh, um, they're dead, but God is going to fulfill the promise to them. And he's going to, use, he's going to use Joshua to give the land to the nation of Israel. The second thought that I see in this chapter is the great promises that God made to Joshua. Uh, Every time I read those promises, I get really blessed. For example, in verse 7, the Lord said to Joshua, thou, uh, That thou mayest prosper uh, with, whithsoever thou uh, dost. Uh, for, forget, forgive my English, and my King James is, is, is worse. Because I do not, I, I speak normal, normal English. And like a pastor told me, Alex, you have been... Too long in Spain. That's why you have lost a lot of English, which is true. Uh, we have been speaking Spanish all the time for 45 years. So I have been out too long, and I lost a lot of English. But anyway, verse 8, the Lord says, For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So God makes great promises to Joshua, in his purpose for him. God has a, pur uh, a purpose. God has a will. God has a calling for Joshua. And in that purpose, in that calling, God says, you will have great success. You will prosper in everything you do. God told him, no man will stand before you. And as we read the book of Joshua, we see Joshua having victory over th this king, victory over over this nation, and he, 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 is, uh, he is a conqueror. He has victory wherever he goes, and that was God's promise to him. Now, with these great promises, God had, uh, God had some conditions for Joshua, okay? These are conditional promises. And basically, as we read verses uh, 7 uh, through, uh, through 8, we see 
that the conditions that Joshua was supposed to fulfill were basically four. He was to read God's word every day. He was to meditate, number two, every day. He was to speak the word. As he worked with his leader and his peoples, he should speak the word. And then number four, he should obey the law. Poor Joshua, he only had six books of the Bible. You and me have 66. So we are in a better position than him. But anyway, he was supposed to, to obey whatever little info he had. Even though we know that there was a lot of principles, a lot of commands in the law. So he had enough uh, promises and, um, and things to obey. But if Joshua was, was to do those four things, read, meditate, speak, and obey, God said to him, you will have good success wherever you go. Notice that God did not prepare him militarily. He, Joshua did not get from God war strategies. No. Joshua got from God spiritual uh, strategy. In other words, you'll be a spiritual man, you'll be a fruitful general on the field. That calls my attention. Uh, because what God expects from us is to be spiritual and to obey the word. And then God says in, in James chapter 1, verse 25, that if we're doers of the word, we will be blessed in everything we do. That's the New Testament promise, which is basically uh, very similar uh, to this. So I see that God has great promises for Joshua. And the third thing that I see in this chapter is Joshua's obedience. In verse 10 and 11, uh, we see that, that Joshua tells his army, get ready. In three days, we're, we're, we're crossing this Jordan River. In three days, we're going in to conquer. In three days, we're going in to possess the land as God has commanded us. So we see God's purpose for him. And we see great promises in that purpose. And then we see Joshua's obedience. And now there is one promise that God makes uh, to Joshua. And that is uh, in verse 9. Uh, let's see if we can go back to verse 9. I have my Spanish Bible, and, and that's not good for tonight, okay? So I have my intelligent uh, telephone here with the whole Bible. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. God is with you wherever you go. That, that was why Joshua could be successful. Because the Almighty was with him. By the way, that is the title of my message to you. The Almighty is with you. The all-powerful God is with you. Uh, our brother here read Matthew 28, where Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and uh, in earth. Go ye therefore and make disciples. And then at the end of that, uh, of that great commission, Jesus said to them, I am with you always. Basically the same promise that God made to Joshua. God said to Joshua, I will be with you where, wherever you go. 
And Jesus said the same, uh, he gave the same promise to the 12. I am with you every day until the end of the age. In other words, the all-powerful is with you. Now, brothers, um, the Bible says in Hebrews 13 that God is with all Christians. It says, I, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And we can confidently or boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I shall not fear what man can do to me. We know that promise. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. We know also that beautiful scripture that says, Christ in you, the hope of glory, Colossians. And we know that beautiful scripture in 1 Corinthians 6 where, where it says, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So God is in us. Ephesians uh, 1.13 and 14 says that we hear the gospel, we heard the gospel, we believe the gospel, and we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So we know that God is in every Christian. The all-powerful is in us. Uh, the all-powerful is with you. The Almighty is with you. Where, wherever you go, he's with you. And brothers and sisters, um, God had a purpose for Joshua, and that was to go in and possess the land. And may I ask, what is God's purpose for you and for me? What is God's purpose for the church of Jesus Christ today? here in Land Lake, here in the United States. Well, uh, our brother read the Great Commission. Uh, Jesus' last words to his 12 disciples, the 12 apostles, was, go and teach all nations. The Spanish uh, translation says, go and make disciples of all nations. But we know from Jesus' last words in Mark 16, 15, where Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creatures. And that verse really impressed me. The gospel is so important that Jesus, uh, Jesus wants every human being to listen to that good news. We know that gospel means good news. And the good news is that Jesus died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. Paul said, I revealed the gospel that I have been preaching to you. And the good news is that Jesus paid it all. Jesus took our sin on the cross. And, and uh, we are forgiven. And when we trust him as our Savior, when we believe that he died for us, we have eternal life. We have the free gift of eternal life. Romans 6.23, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that is the gospel that, that we have been preaching in Spain. One thing is to... To preach the gospel or to preach some message that a preacher might call the gospel. And another thing is to preach the clear, the clear gospel of grace through faith, not of works. The gospel of the free gift of eternal life. Isn't that right, Pastor? Another thing is to, one thing is to preach, preach a message that somebody might call the gospel, and another thing is to preach the clear gospel of salvation by grace through faith, not of works. The gospel that gives eternal life as a free gift when we trust Christ as our Savior. By the way, that is the gospel that we have been preaching in Spain. I was with the pastor in his office, and I saw a picture of you, pastor, doing the hand gesture. And I do that a lot in Spain, too. Because it really shows that Jesus took our sins, and he paid the move. 
So the, uh, uh, the great commission that Jesus gives to his disciples is go preach the gospel and make disciples or teach all nations. Dear brothers and sisters, that is the purpose of God for us today. That is the purpose or the will of God for every Christian today. And that's why we went to Spain as missionaries, because, we, because that passage in Matthew 28 really spoke to me. Go into all the world. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go, therefore, and teach all nations. In other words, I have all the power in the world, and because of that, you go and make disciples of all nations. That word power from the Greek word exousia has the idea of ability. And Jesus is saying, I have all the power in heaven and in earth. I have all the ability in heaven and in, in earth. That word is also translated liberty, strength, and authority. And Jesus is saying, I have all the liberty in the world. I have all the strength in the world in the in the world. I have all the authority in heaven and in earth. Therefore go. And brothers and sisters, we have been forty five years we have been missionaries in Spain for forty five years. And when we went the first day, we believed that all power in the world was backing us up in this missionary effort. The last day that we were in our sending church in Miami, before we went to the, to the mission field, the pianist came at the end of the service and gave me a little paper. And uh, I, was saying, uh, I was saying hi to everybody, talking to everybody, so I took the little paper and I put it in my pocket. And I continue talking to all the brothers and sisters. And when I got home, I, I look up that little paper, and I said, what in the world did she give me? So I, I opened that little paper. It was folded. I unfolded it. And this is what I read in the little paper. Have, I not, have, I, uh, have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithsoever thou goest. Wow. And that's how we went to Spain, believing that all power in the universe was backing us up. That God was with us. Matthew 28, lo, I'm with you until, until the end of the age. And that's how we went to Spain, believing that the almighty God was with us. That the all-powerful God was with us. And I look back these 45, these 45 years, and I can say, amen. The Lord has been with us. We have been able to preach the gospel on the beaches, on the squares, house to house, outdoor preaching. Um, we, we have been going house to house. We have baptized people in, 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 in rivers, beaches, lakes, the water much colder than here. Uh, and we have seen many people profess to receive Christ. And we have been able to raise disciples and see pe uh, lives changed. And we have seen people living for Christ. L that verse that, uh, that, 
that Chad is alluded in Psalms that, that the sower goes weeping and sowing, but he will come with rejoicing, with fruit. Uh, we have experienced that. So we look back at our 45 years of ministry as missionaries, and for us it has been an adventure, an adventure of faith. God has done great things. We have been attacked by the devil every day. Uh, um, Ephesians chapter 6. We need to put the armor of God because the devil is attacking. But God is more powerful than the, than the devil. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, uh, it has been a blessing for us. Uh, and it has been a great privilege. You know what? I think that when God called Joshua and gave him the mission the purpose or the will to possess the land. I think that Joshua was very honored. I think that maybe Joshua thought this way. Wow, what a great privilege. God has given me the calling to go in and, and possess this land and give this land to the children of Israel. What a great privilege. What a great ministry. Praise the Lord that the Lord has entrusted me with that. You know what? The New Testament says in 1 Thessalonians that God has entrusted us with the gospel. Isn't that right? The Bible says that. And we all should look at, at ourselves and say to ourselves, speak to our soul like, like David spoke to his soul. We should say to ourselves, Lord, what a privilege that you have entrusted me with the gospel. The Bible says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.20. What an honor. What a privilege to be called of God to share the gospel message that can save a person from hell. What a privilege to share the gospel, to see one person pass from death unto life and have eternal life. What a privilege it is to be used of God to see a soul saved, then be baptized, then see their life change, obeying Jesus, and go on to serve Christ. What a privilege. What an honor. I think that we should be like Joshua. We should, we should feel honor and privilege that God has entrusted us with the Great Commission. That is God's purpose for us. And if we're faithful in God's pur uh, purpose of doing the Great Commission, preaching the gospel and making disciples, God says that we will be blessed and that he will be with us and that he will do great things with us. And we can testify that. But we don't have time. If I preach too long, I get in trouble with the pastor. So... I will stop my preaching here and go on into the missionary report. Well, um, there, uh, it, I was sharing this uh, with, uh, with the pastor. In the last 10 years, I had a number of pastors come to us, uh, come to me, and say different things. They, they, they did not know that they were coming to me. Because they came to me separately. One pastor came one year. Another pastor came uh, another year. And they said things like this to me. Alex, how long have you been in Spain? I said, well, over 35 years. Over 40 years. Another pastor will come to me another year. Alex, how long are you going to 
stay in Spain. And then another pastor will come to me the next year. Alex, uh, are you going to retire? Uh, are you coming back to the States? And then we had a pastor and his wife staying in our house like, like Pastor and Denise were in our house. And, and by the way, you, you were such a great blessing uh, to the, the uh, believers there. The things that you taught, the men were so impressed that when you left, they were saying, what a blessing, what, what a great teaching that, that the pastor gave us. Because the pastor uh, gave us the teaching that if God calls you into, into the ministry, don't worry, he will equip you. If you're faithful, don't worry. He will equip you, and he's going to use you uh, greatly. And they were really blessed. I was really blessed, but they were really blessed. I think that brought their faith up. Okay? Well, anyway, going back uh, to uh, uh, what I was saying, I had, uh, we had this pastor and his wife in our, in our home, and we were, we were talking in the living room, and he looks to me straight in the eye, and he said, Alex, are you planning to die in Spain? I said, well, you know, I serve the Lord every year. I, I, I asked the Lord, Lord, what would you have us to do? And, 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 you know, he hasn't changed anything, so we're here. And then it was like three or four years ago that two pastors of uh, my sending church in Miami, they, they talked to me and, and said, Alex, would you consider to pray about uh, coming back to the States. And what can a missionary say when a pastor says, would you pray for this? What can you say? <laughs> We're supposed to be people of prayer. So I said, oh, sure, I'll pray. And then he gave me his reasons. They gave me their reasons. Uh, they said, look, Alex, you have been in Spain over 40 years. Uh, your family is here. Your mother is getting old. She's over 90 years old. All, you, all your family is here. For this pastor, the family is very important. You can tell. Uh, and, then, and, uh, and then he said, you can come back and you can still support the work in Spain. And at the same time, be the last days uh, that, that God gives to your mother with her, supporting her. She's 95. She has to walk with a walker. She needs to be helped uh, every time she goes from the chair to the dining table. Every time she goes to the bed, we have to accompany her because she has fallen many times. Her mind is clear, and she has good appetite like me. But uh, she has fallen many times, uh, and, and she needs help. So he gave me all those reasons, and, and, I, and I, I, I was faithful in the promise to pray about that. And as I was praying and, and seeking uh, God's wisdom, I came up to this verse. In Joshua, chapter 13, verse 1. Now Joshua was old and, str and stricken in years. And the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years. And there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. Boom! That verse came out of, of the chapter. And then I started thinking about my life. And I said, well, Alex... You have been in Spain over 40 years. Now, this year is 45 years. And I thought to myself, you also have become old on the mission field. You're, you're all, you're, you are also old and advancing years in the ministry. And then the thought came to me that 
I should be very responsible to teach young men to take on the ministry because I won't be in Spain all my life. If Jesus doesn't come soon, uh, the, 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 uh, the thing that's going to happen is that the Lord is going to call me home. And I'm healthy today, and, and I'm excited, and I'm serving the Lord. But, you know, anybody can get sick or anybody have, have an accident and won't be here the next day because life is so fragile. Like James 4 says, it's, it's, it's like a fog in the morning. So the thought of, of being responsible to teach uh, new men, young men, to carry on the ministry, to pass on the experience that I have, uh, that, that thought came strongly uh, over me. And, and the Lord gave me other verses, but uh, this, this verse was one of the key verses that, that brought me to the decision that I should consider uh, returning to the States. So I went back to my two sending pastors, and I asked their counsel, and they said, yeah, we'll give you green light, return. And then I went to my wife and to my children, and they gave me green light. Yes, go back. And then we went to, I went to the key uh, leaders in Spain, and they said, yeah, if you have been counseled by that, by, by all the pastors, we give you the green light too. So we made the decision to return to the States after 45 years of missionary work in Spain. At the same time, we are very involved with the missionary work in Spain. I preach in Spain once a month online. I meet with the, uh, with the leaders uh, every week. We plan, we pray, we spend hours in video conferences. And we are planning to go back to Spain at least once a year. This year, the plan is that Myra and I will go at the beginning of May, and we will be there in a missionary trip for 15 days, uh, being involved with a spiritual retreat, uh, supporting them, teaching, and so on. So uh, we, de we decided to return to the States, but we are still uh, very involved with the mission work in Madrid. I'm still officially, quote-unquote, the missionary pastor there, and we have a team of three men you will see the, uh, their pictures, and I will ask you to pray for them uh, because they, they have been faithful. I have been training them for the last three years. I have been preaching every other week, and they have been preaching um, every other week. And, and I have been training them for three years on how to lead the church and, and, and how to pastor and so on. So um, that is an update, uh, an important update that is taking place in our lives. And with that, then I can show some pictures now. Okay? So let's, let's see those. That's our humble chapel there. We were, we were hit by a, a very big snowstorm. Uh, it, it was so big that when you went out, uh, uh, out from your house and you step on the snow, your feet went all the way to, to the knee in the snow. So we couldn't get out of our houses for around three or four days because uh, the roads were, uh, were blocked. Anyway, uh, our, the, the outside of our building was really damaged, and we were able to uh, pay for that uh, reform. And then in one day, we, we made uh, a team of brothers and sisters, and we started painting the building. And one whole day, we painted the whole building, 
and you can see what a change. Uh, in that little humble chapel, we have seen many people profess Jesus Christ as their Savior. After listening to the clear gospel, salvation by grace through faith, not at works of eternal life as a free gift. We have been going out uh, in, in teams of, of two in the parks around the church building and sharing the gospel. And we have seen a number of people profess, receive Jesus as their Savior. It's more difficult to bring them in to the church building. It is, it is a Catholic country. Uh, they have a different culture. This has, this has been going for centuries. And to go into an evangelical building uh, and to listen to the evangelicals, they're Protestants. Uh, we, a Catholic Church, is the is the uh, is the uh, let's see the the uh, the real church or or, or the uh, true church, and the rest are Protestants and, and they are a sect. So all that is in their subconscious, even though they practice uh, uh, Catholics' beliefs or not. But uh, we continue to use our building for the Lord uh, for uh, Easter. Uh, uh, Thanksgiving dinner and other activities, and we usually have a meal, and people come in, and unbelievers come to eat. To that, they come. We have been having a big barbecue in our house uh, two times a year, and we have had 60, 70 people come, many unbelievers come. We make relationships, we share the gospel, and then we invite them to the church building. But here you can even see people that come and that, and that have come several times, but they still have not received Christ as their Savior. Their, their heart is hard, their eyes are blind, and, uh, but we keep on. We keep on. And uh, that's our move, 30 boxes. That's all we brought from Spain. We, we went into Spain with uh, four bags and a six-month boy, and we return with 30 boxes. That's Miami International Airport, and that's our move right there. Uh, and we, we are staying in Miami supporting my mother as we are involved uh, in the ministry. But what a joy. We have baptized so many people. Uh, this is uh, a beautiful lake in, in south of Madrid, and we have seen uh, so many people uh, receive Christ and change their lives. That's Myra, my wife, and myself. You can see how young we are there. <laughs> but that's the, uh, the uh, beautiful city of Toledo. That's actually Holy Toledo right there. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, a beautiful uh, medieval, medieval, medieval. I've been too long in Spain. Uh, medieval city and... Uh, we have taken many, many Christians there uh, uh, for uh, some tourism when they have come to Spain to help us. Uh, we usually give them a free day. But anyway, my wife and I, uh, we have not been able to be missionaries without your support. So thank you so much one more time for loving us and, and for being so faithful with your support. Thank you so much from all our hearts. That's Nico. He's a young man. He's about 25 years of age. He has grown in the church. And the next, uh, he recently got married. We were involved in his wedding. And those are the two men uh, that, I, that I asked prayer for. To your left is Jesus, and to your right is Nico. Uh, those are the, the, uh, the two men that have been leading the church 
and, and those are uh, the men that I meet every week uh, with them, plan, pray, work, give updates. And uh, this is going to be the first time that they will be leading the church on their own. Even though I'm with them in the shadow, in the background, uh, and, and we are actually a team of, th of three, but this will be the first time that they will be on their own. So uh, we need to pray that God will use them uh, to continue the work and to grow the work. And uh, what a blessing to make disciples in other parts of the world. And thank you for it. My time is up. God bless you. But before I finish, are we, uh, are we, uh, do we have this meeting online? Yes. Okay. Maybe you are online and you're not sure that if you die tonight, you will go to heaven. Or maybe you're here and you're not sure 100% that if you die tonight, that all your sins are forgiven. I have good news for you. Uh, I was there for many years. I was lost, but now I'm found. I know if I die tonight, I will go to heaven. Not because I'm good, not because I'm water baptized, not because I belong to a good church. If I die tonight, I will go to heaven because I have believed that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for all my sins. Okay, 1 Peter 2.24 says that he took our sins upon his body. When Jesus died, he paid all our sins. Actually, when you and me were born, we were forgiven already because Jesus already made a perfect sacrifice one time for eternity. The book of Hebrews says one sacrifice is enough for the whole world. So actually, we were forgiven before we were born. But as all gifts... Forgiveness is a gift, and we need to accept it. Eternal life is a gift, and we need to accept it. And, and, and that's what the Bible says, that when we believe that Jesus died for our, for, our, for our sins, and we trust him as our Savior, we're receiving that gift of forgiveness, that gift of eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans six twenty three. Salvation is a free gift. Because Jesus paid it all. And we sing that song. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Boy, we love that one. Jesus paid it all. Amen. He paid it all. And we just say, Lord, thank you. I trust you as my Savior. And maybe you're connected online. Or maybe you're here. And you're not sure 100% that if you die tonight, you will go to heaven. So. Uh, I want you to make a prayer with me as we close so you can go home and you can be 100% sure that you're saved, that you have eternal life, and that all your sins are forgiven. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful evening. Thank you for this loving, beautiful church. Thank you for the great privilege to serve you. We pray, Lord, if there is a person here or connected online that is not sure of his salvation, that that person will pray this prayer. Will you pray this prayer with me if you want to be sure of your salvation, if you want to be 100% sure that you, that you will go to heaven when you die? Will you pray this with me? Say to the Lord in your mind. Say to God in your mind. Ready? Say like this. God, thank you that you love me. God, thank you that Jesus died for all my sins. Talk to him. He knows what you're thinking. Say, Lord, I believe in Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I trust him as my Savior now. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. 
Thank you, Lord, for giving me the free gift of eternal life. If you pray that prayer, what a blessing it will be for you to let us know. Please let us be with our, with our head bows and our eyes closed. But if you're here and you pray that prayer for the first time because you want to be 100% sure that you're saved, that you have eternal life, if that is your case, and you're here, and you pray this prayer for the first time, would you let me know by raising your hand? Not now. I will see your hand up, and then I will say, God bless you, and you put it down, and that's it. That will be your only testimony. God sees your heart. I only see your hand. The important thing is that God sees your heart, your decision of faith. So if you're here, and you pray that prayer for the first time, would you please let me know by raising your hand, do it now, wherever you are. Let me see your hand. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, to make sure that you're safe. Raise your hand, wherever you are. And if you're connected online, would you please let the pastor know, let somebody know here that you received Christ today. We will uh, be happy to rejoice with you. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you that the Almighty is with us. Uh, bless the pastor and his wife and give them health, strength, uh, bless each brother and sister. Bless each family in this church. Bless our children and, and our grandchildren. Uh, deliver us from evil. And we pray that you, that you bring revival to the United States, that we will see many people saved, that this country will turn to God. We ask that you will protect and save America. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.